0: You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within FinTech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Alex Barr from Currency Cloud. And today I'm joined by Kane Harrison, CEO of Wombat. Hi, Kane. Hey, Alex. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank okay, great to have you on with us today. For our listeners, please tell us a little bit about yourself and Wombat.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, as you can probably tell by the accent, I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia. I've been living here for, here for eleven years now. And yeah, so started off in in sort of banking. Did a couple of degrees. One in finance. One in marketing. Uh, worked at NAB Capital in Australia in Melbourne for sort of a few years in risk and then capital markets. And then did the very much Aussie thing, went traveling for 18 months, backpacking around Europe and the US. Got to London, set up another business, which sort of detoured me off banking for sort of three or four years. Scaled that up to a certain point where it provided me a passive income, was able to work on sort of anything I liked. And that sort of drove me back into sort of tech and finance, which is sort of what I'm into. You know, I was that sort of 15-year-old buying shares you know, in, in companies, saving up money from working, you know, part-time job. And that was sort of my passion is investing. And I'm so automatically sort of gravitated back to that.
0: So that passion that you had as a teenager, that that's the, the complete basis of, of la- launching Bomba.
1: Exactly, yeah. So I was quite fortunate. I had, you know, my dad also worked in banking in IT. He invested, you know, throughout my whole life. And that's where we were able to go on holidays and stuff like that with four kids he they had and was very much sort of you know had him to sort of learn from and you know that education that sort of tutoring and you know realized when i got to the uk that you know people don't really invest that much in the uk and the education sort of wasn't there and that's sort of the premise for wombat you know we were all about education all about lowering the barriers of entry making it super simple super easy for people that had never invested before
0: and had never thought about investing Brilliant. And, and so, for those who don't know about what Wombat is, as much as myself, tell us a little bit about the business, please.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, we're a UK based fractional investment platform. Um, we've launched about two years ago now, and we, we primarily focus on thematics. That's what we sort of kicked off with initially. Mm. Thematic investing, you know, that's a basket of stocks, ETFs based on an industry or sector. And we now have 28 themes on the platform. It's a great way for you know, new investors to invest in a diversified basket as opposed to, you know, picking one of, you know, 50 or 100 different tech stocks. They don't know, you know, which one to go for. So that's when we launched. That was our sort of main model going after the sort of the mass market of education and then thematics. And then on top of that, we have a number of sort of supplementary things to help enable that investing process. So we have monthly auto investments where people can round up their spare change over a month and, you know, invest it in A number of different funds or shares. We have roundups on the platform too, and we have an inbuilt learning hub. So, very much that education and thematic sort of focus for us today.
0: Brilliant. On the thematic side, I think that's a really interesting concept. What type of baskets are you offering at the moment?
1: Yeah, so we have a massive range. So, we have everything from ESG to tech to gold, commodities. We have robo, AI, we have a number of different sectors. We also have like your model portfolios and your risk based portfolios too. On our platform, generally it's very much sort of tech-focused. Pure gold has been very popular at the moment. That's a gold ETF where you're basically buying physical gold held in a itself by JP Morgan in New York. And that's been quite popular in the last sort of few months given sort of the Russia and the Ukraine situation. So yeah, we have a number of different themes and we're all constantly adding to them too. We've got 28 on the platform to date. You know, our plan is to sort of get to sort of 35, 40 by the end of the year as we launch different products
0: as well. Do you think that's an industry future trend? What I mean by that is, do you see retail investors looking at their uh, themes like ESG as a as their whole portfolio rather than single stocks?
1: Not necessarily the whole portfolio. Like on our platform, ESG makes up, a portion of someone's portfolio. So generally, it's it's around a quarter to a little bit less. I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's the rare occasion. It's the whole thing. Generally, they will have, like, we've got four ESG funds on our platform, but generally, they'll have, you know, a couple of model portfolios, they'll have a tech fund mm. and then a bit of ESG. So they very much diversify within their own portfolios. So the average is about four to five funds on our platform, actually. So people are automatically creating their own basket.
0: Wow, very cool. And you recently launched an investment, a new instant investment product. Am I right?
1: We did, yeah. We launched our second tier. So the first tier is very much focused on that mass market, never invested before, you know, the sort of novice investor. Mm. And then the second tier that we've just launched is aimed at a sort of more active lifestyle investor. So we partnered with Currency Cloud and Drive Wealth to launch that product that's been in the app for about two months now and it's grown really quickly. Which is great. And it's a, it's a really great product, really clean interface. And yeah, like the UI, UX is, is pretty incredible actually on it. It's top shelf.
0: And, and have you seen them? Because you already had obviously a very well established customer base. I assume that's been incredibly well received and taken up from the off.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it gave us an opportunity to sort of cross sell across different products. So those people that were starting to become a little bit more mature within that sort of thematic investing, educational roundups type realm. It allows us to offer them, okay, you've been investing with us for a year, year and a half now, you know, would you like to get into sort of instantly in the market in individual US shares? So that's what that sort of second tier is about. And we have seen a lot of people add that second account and start to invest off the back of that as well.
0: And I'm right in thinking it has uh, it has a little spin to it in the, in the form of cashbacks, right?
1: It is, yeah. So we've just recently launched a cashback program. So what that is, is every person on the instant account, every time they do a buy, they get 0.2% back in cashback within two days of their purchase. So for example, when you do an investment, maybe um, 10,000 pounds into say Tesla or something, you'll get back 20 pounds straight away to invest in, in something else or back into Tesla within two working days. It's just a good way for us to sort of I guess we're all about building really good habits and encouraging, you know, people to invest for the long term. So I think the cashback is a great way for them to get a nice little sort of reward as as well as being able to keep investing and sort of learn about it as they go.
0: Yeah, awesome. Taking a wider, just a, I'd like a step back, and, and I always like to ask this question to um, to fintech founders that have launched, you know, new products or launched their their, their own businesses. What are the the key learnings that you found from from launching Wombat and also your your instant investment product?
1: Yeah, there's so many over the years. Just so many learnings of you know, <laughs> we've done a lot of things. I would say wrong sometimes, but then learnt quite quickly. Yeah, like I would say key learnings for us would be make sure you choose your suppliers very much. Do the due diligence on them. You know, forecast your volumes. How are you going to grow? Is this API or functionality going to scale across, you know, different countries and different classes? So that's been a quite important for us. Heaps of learnings around team, I'd say probably that's been the biggest thing for us, making sure we do really good hires at the right times. It's incredibly hard to find good talent and talent that's you know, has a good team fit essentially. You know, for us it's all about team fit, work ethic and really mission-driven. Mm. those other people and we haven't got that right every time but it is it is definitely something you know where we're getting better at and it's um you know we really focus in on hiring really great people
0: yeah and, and another question on on that as well right there's there's been lots of change in the in the vc industry as well and you've obviously been been raising i believe you raised last year is that right or is it early this year
1: we did yeah early this year yeah so we've raised eight, eight million in total now
0: and what are the, uh, you must have had quite a few learnings from, from that process as well.
1: Definitely, yeah. So I think with VCs, it's, it's really important to build a really good relationship with them. You know, they're just people at the end of the day. So, you know, go out to sort of have coffee with them or go out for a beer. You know, keep them updated too. That's probably one of the big learnings is keep them updated about your growth and the business's growth quite important, I think, for them because they, they are tracking, like these these VCs, they're quite sophisticated in their CRM systems. And, they you know, they know exactly what you spoke about last time and they're tracking, you know, companies within your sector. So definitely keep your sort of finger on the pulse and, and keep in touch with them. I think that's a really, you know, sort of the thing that is quite important, especially these days.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And on the uh, on that, like taking out wider look at investment and, and and macroeconomics, right? You're in the you're in the wealth tech space, and there's obviously been lots of changes in the in the macro economy, with inflation, interest rates, cost of living, global wars, and pandemics. God, that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> the, yeah. What are your? This is a twofold question. What What are your views on one on the VC market in the coming year or or, or two, and also what's your view on the investment and wealth tech market?
1: Yeah, so on the VC market, like all indication from us is that it's starting to slow down. That's what I've heard from sort of other founders, other VCs. I think that's on the back of the, you know, the, the drop in the stock market and and some of the you know the pressures on inflation and and some of the stuff going on in the in the US and in Europe. So I think it's probably quite important to have a bit longer runway for companies that are already funded. Be careful of like your cash burn and be careful of not over you know promising. Valuations have definitely come down. And that's, you know, learnings from the US, where I've got friends that have raised money and are raising money. So valuations definitely coming down a little bit. And yeah, I definitely think the VC market is is starting to cool a little bit and maybe you'll like that for a sort of, you know, the next six to twelve months. But you know, they do have they're sitting on a lot of capital. So they still have to deploy capital, and a lot of these large VCs have raised substantial rounds, massive rounds in the yeah. last sort of twelve months. So they do have to deploy it. It's just a matter of they mo- it's wait and see, and and you know they can make sure the metrics on those companies that they invest in are sort of really good before they launch.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds like that. You, that I mean obviously these things are, are cyclical as well, right? But have influenced based on macro events. But would you agree that the cycles are actually it's going to come back quicker than we might think.
1: Yeah, I think so, definitely. I think, you know, the appetite for, I think, like venture is still really high and some of these businesses scale so fast and they just grow so quickly and generate so much revenue so quickly. So I think there's always going to be that appetite there and it will spring back. There will be the ones that sort of drop off a little bit and that's just sort of the nature of the market. But I think as, as far as the stock market and the investment market goes, I think... You're right that's exactly it's very cyclical you know like every ten years there's you know two or th- two or three sort of pullbacks and and you know sometimes they go for a couple of months and sometimes they go for six months or a year it's just sort of part of the stock market part of you know that last hundred and twenty years that's just generally what's happened that's why we've borne that you know we are very much focused on 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 sort of three things you know invest for the long term diversify and invest regularly and I think now you know the markets have dropped off so much you know they are you know, a lot of these great companies are on sale and it could drop a lot lower, but they, you know, there is there's a lot of like opportunities out there, I think, for in in a number of different cases. And, you know, that Warren Buffett quote is is sort of really true. In these times is, you know, big greedy when others are fearful. You know, he mentions that all the time, which is quite interesting. And I think, you know, certain you know people are starting to deploy capital into the markets at these sort of valuations which is interesting but yeah it's definitely one of those things where you know it does go for in in cycles and it'll happen for a few months or a year and then it'll start to sort of go through the next wave i think but for about, it's really interesting because i think you know what we've seen on our platform is we haven't seen a lot of selling actually it's been really interesting we've seen a little bit of a reduction in buyers a few weeks there and that was around the russia ukraine thing that period there there was a little bit of a reduction in people buying just because I think the markets were moving so much and it was a wait and see mentality. You didn't have the sales that we expected on the platform. And we do run, you know, sort of CRM educational flows where we tell people about, you know, the cycles of the market and educate them about, you know, when these things have happened in the past. But yeah, that's what we've sort of seen on our platform.
0: That's really interesting. Um, And have you seen, have you seen, a number of people maybe not maybe selling their positions but but getting into into newer positions right they're di- they're just diversifying their portfolio rather than cashing out as it were
1: yeah we have seen a bit of diversification we' actually seen quite an influx into gold ETF okay quite interesting that's quickly gone to sort of the top two on our platform as far as in the in that sort of initial tier which is interesting because previously it was sort of down at sort of seven or eight on our platform as popularity. And, it, and it's just in the last sort of, you know, three months, it's it's sort of up there at the top. So we are seeing, you know, people starting to go into sort of, you know, the, whether that's the, you know, the, the gold ETFs or more of the sort of long-term, more stable investments. But that's just def- definitely a portion of our customer base. You're seeing other people that are starting to really go into some of these more um, growth companies that mm-hmm. have pulled back quite a lot see we're seeing a lot of buying into into brands like tesla and paypal and yeah, amazon and apples and stuff because they have pulled back a
0: lot that's really interesting and do you think that's reflective of the and again i'm making a few guesses here so help me do you think that's reflective of the demographic that you potentially service i'm, I'm right in I'm thinking yours is probably majority millennial gen z that's, that's right this. yeah
1: yeah i think so you yeah i'd say that's right i'd say you know our demographic you know that sort of late 20s to mid 40s is definitely you know they do like that growth stock and you know that's the companies that they understand that's they're relevant to them and they get and they're the ones that have had quite large pullbacks so it probably makes sense that they're the ones that they can see the opportunities in we haven't surveyed them or anything like that but you know that's the sort of the data that we see on the back end which does make sense
0: and then on the neo-broker wealth tech sphere, which has obviously very much come into its own in the last 18 months, two years, and it's been featured in the news, of course, at length. What what are you most excited about, given what we've been speaking about, with the cost of living, et cetera? What are you most excited about for the future of this space?
1: Oh, there's so much. There's just so much innovation coming through. Like yeah. it's great. I think, you know, this in fintech, and especially wealth tech, the speed of innovation and some of the products coming out from, you know, that wealth tech space, but also the crypto space is super exciting. And I think there'll be a lot of sort of cross products that, you know, potentially, you know, you'll have crypto and stocks on platform and there's yield products coming through. Mm. There's sort of really interesting stuff coming through, even warm up, you know, we've got some really good products coming through the, the pipeline. There's just so much opportunity now with, you know, the APIs you can get from different providers like currency cloud or you can connect in with other providers and you can do this sort of mishmash of of different things in order to create these like really innovative products which solves a problem for the customer and that's the sort of the main benefit is the customer is going to benefit from all these really interesting products
0: so i think you briefly hinted towards a a road back there what's next i suppose you're widening your product suite or is the focus geographical or is it both
1: yeah so it is a bit of both actually so We've just launched that instant account. So that's with Currency Cloud and Drive Wealth. There are providers for that account type. That is scalable, you know, throughout Europe as well. So we are looking at Europe as a region to go into next within the next sort of 12 months or so. And then as far as that account type, we'd like to make it a little bit more feature rich, I'd say. So we're gonna be adding things like stop losses and limit orders. We're gonna be adding a warm ISA to the platform in the next few weeks as well. And that's just on the back of people requesting that. So that's a demand thing. We're going to be adding news to the platform too. So we want to make it a really sort of quite a feature-rich experience on that account type, especially before we launch into Europe. That's our sort of main objective over the next few months.
0: And you mentioned the C word, crypto. Is that very much top of mind for you at the moment? Or is that like a my personal view is that it's likely here to stay, right, As a, as an asset class? I'm keen on your view.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it is here to stay. I think as an asset class, it it does definitely have a a place in people's portfolios, not necessarily a hundred percent, but you know, there's definitely a portion of our customers that would want that on the platform. It's something we've we've looked at looked at a number of times. And it is something that we're toying with, but to to potentially have on our roadmap. It's not on our roadmap necessarily yet, but I definitely think it is one of those asset classes where a lot of people in the future will have a portion of their wealth in certain crypto assets. So, and, and for us, you know, we want to service that need, right? So, mm, you course. know, we want to be able to have, we want to be the best best investment platform in the world. We want people from, you know, the 10 pound investor, that's never invested before that wants to learn about investing and put their first 10 pounds into a thing you know, to that more frequent investor who, you know, wants to get in and out of like Tesla or Apple, you know, on a weekly basis, you know, once you push notifications and news updates and things like that, we want that investor too. And then we also want that, you know, that pension investor and the crypto investor in the future potentially as well. You know, so we can cover, you know, a wide spectrum of, of their whole sort of wealth, I guess. I that's our sort of goal.
0: And the, uh, we, we hear the term uh, super app banded around quite a lot nowadays alongside all the other buzzwords like embedded finance, et cetera, et cetera. Is your view to stay in wealth? Uh, and regardless of asset class or are you are we going, is it full world domination next?
1: Definitely staying wealth. We don't want to turn into, you know, a super app like a Revolut or anything like that. We don't want to go into the banking sort of mm. arena. We just want to be the best investment app and service tens of millions of people in the next mm. 10 years. Wow. That's, that's our goal. You know, we want to make, you know, people's savings and their wealth, you know, super accessible, super easy to have a number of options at any one time. That's our, that's our goal. We don't want to get into sort of the expense side of, of the customer's sort of realm, you know, their sort of day-to-day transactional stuff. We just want to make sure that we're a great tool for them to use to build wealth over a certain period of time across a number of asset classes.
0: Brilliant, and it, and it sounds like from your from what you just said that, that it seems like that this will span not only short-term, but also the medium and long-term, right, with ISAs and, uh, and, and pensions too.
1: Yeah. So they're both on the roadmap. So the pensions is something we've been looking at. And, you know, we'll probably have that launch in the next 12 months or so. You know, the ISA account, that is something that has been a request. We have an ISA already on our, our, you know, beginning tier, our standard account. And that's really popular but and p- people have been asking on that instant account you know about having that tax-free wrapper because it is an amazing tool right Twenty thousand pounds sure um tax-free every year and i can totally understand why people would want that and want to invest that money so it's just something that that's come from customers asking us to do and then again the pension the same sort of thing it's something that is being requested and, and we will do that in the next sort of 12 months or so brilliant Kane, it's
0: been in great speaking with you today. For those who want to find out a little bit more about you, about Wombat, what's the best way for people to get in touch?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, so you can add me on LinkedIn. You know, Kane Harrison, CEO of Wombat, on LinkedIn, or it's Kane at WombatInvest.com. If anyone wants to reach out anytime, I'll always get back to you. So yeah, that's them. The best contacts.
0: Brilliant, Kane. Once again, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been great hearing about your experiences and, uh, and and the future of Wombat.
1: Great, thanks, Alex. Really appreciate it and enjoyed it. Great, thanks, mate.
0: Cheers, thank you. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.